afternoon, Nashville Life. How's everybody doing today? All right, if it's your first time, I'm Alvin, lead pastor here at the church. I'm honored that you spent your afternoon with us. Uh, we pray it's a blessing to you. Hello to everybody watching at home or uh, in the car. Hopefully not in the car. Maybe you're listening in the car. Um, so glad that you're with us uh, for our first live stream of uh, Nashville Life Sunday service. Um, we are in the second week of July. Before we get into the word, I would like for us to do our pre-word declaration together. So repeat these words on the screen after me. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. The more I give life, the more I'll receive. The more I live life, the more I'll believe. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome. Um, so the series for July is Find Freedom. Find Freedom is the series that we're talking about this month. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, we kind of organized our church in four steps. It's know God, that's the first step, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And Find freedom is the second step, and it's extremely important. And uh, we spent last week talking about what is freedom, um, especially uh, in our country. That's was well, actually Fourth of July that we talked on it. So, so much of our country is built around freedom. And I wanted to take a whole uh, sermon, or whole Sunday, I should say, to to talk about the difference between freedom that comes from man versus freedom that comes from God. Um, it's a t totally different playing field, totally different things that, that qualify as freedom uh, here on earth and freedom that's given by, by government and uh, people versus what God defines as freedom. Uh, freedom here on earth, freedom that's given by worldly systems is partial at best. Uh, but the only freedom that is absolute is freedom that comes from Jesus. And the reason why I say that is because, according to Scripture, what makes us slaves is not the country that we're in or the color of our skin, but it's sin. Sin is what makes us slaves. And the only person who can liberate us from sin is Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that can liberate us from sin. So I wanted to make sure we were under, that we understood, especially in America, that, that, that freedom, when we talk about freedom in a scriptural context, it's something exclusively through Jesus Christ. And uh, really anything outside of that is partial at best. So I want to make sure that we, as people and citizens of a free country, we don't, we don't get confused of our national freedom with what God says truly makes us free, and that is the blood of Jesus. And I pray that God forbid that we, we uh, my prayer is that we don't settle for a partial freedom, for a freedom that's given by man, and, and, and miss out on the freedom that comes from God. Uh, so that was last week. This week, uh, I want to talk more about the topic of freedom, and uh, the title is The Fine Print of Freedom. The Fine Print of Freedom. Fine print is a, is a uh, figure of speech, and it's actually in Webster. I looked up to see what Webster said about it. It says, fine print is something thoroughly and often deliberately obscure especially a part of an agreement 
or document spelling out restrictions and limitations, often in a small type of obscure or obscure language. Uh, so fine print usually is something that's often overlooked, and it actually is something that if it wasn't overlooked, it might have changed uh, someone's agreement to uh, the, the deal. Uh, if, they, if they miss the fine print, they're like, oh, man, I didn't notice that. If I had noticed that, I probably would have rethought my decision. But that's, that's where that term comes from. And I actually want to talk about um, the fine print to freedom because I actually believe that there is a fine print to freedom. I believe there's an aspect of freedom that is often overlooked, and therefore it causes us to sign up for something that uh, maybe we didn't know that we were signing up for. And as people of God, it's important that we are in the truth. It's important that we know what we are doing, what we are saying, and because uh, we're the people of the light. We're the leaders of this world. And if we don't know, then how will people who are following us know, right? So the, the I guess I wanted to start off with a scripture that I think helps uh, sum up what I want to say. And it's from the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. And this scripture is often taught in one context, but I kind of want to, I guess for no pun intended, but kind of show the fine print in, in, in this scripture. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one, to the one, and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And the reason why I said the scripture is usually taught in context to, you know, serving money, serving uh, the world system of how to find security versus uh, what God says and, and choosing between kind of chasing what the world says you should have versus what, what God is saying. That's a different message. Today I just want to talk about a simple uh a simple truth that's revealed through the scripture as well. In this passage that Jesus is uh, explaining to his disciples, there's a few elements I want to point out. In this passage, you see one man, you see two masters, and you see the statement from Jesus that you can't serve both. You can't serve both. But the reason that Jesus says you can't serve both is because we as people will serve one and hate the other. Or we will serve one and hate the other. Either we will be loyal to one and despise the other, or we will be loyal to one and despise the other. Notice there's no option that shows that we're not serving one of them. And what I want to share with you today is that the fine print of freedom is that there is always a master. The fine print that most of us don't realize about freedom is that there is always a master. For us, it's not a, ma it's not a matter of if we have a master. It's a matter of who the master is. Every human being, no matter how free you think you are, you have a master. The issue is not if you have one. The issue is who is 
your master. Mankind is designed for a master. It's a part of our makeup. It's just as, it's just as natural for us as we need food and water. We need a master. That's how we were designed. This is not a defect. This is not a result of sin. This is not a weakness. This is purposeful. It is a design. We were designed for a master. Again, this is not a defect. This is a design. And the reason why I know this is because this design was a part of us before the fall. We were created for a master. Our propensity for a master is God-given. It is God-given. It is not a weakness. It is purposeful. And we know this if you go back to the origin of man. If ever you want to know the definition of something, you go to the origin of it. You go to the beginning of it. I studied Latin for three years in high school, and so much of the words that we live, that we speak, derive from Latin. So if you want to know the true meaning of the word, you go to the origin. If you want to know the true meaning and the true purpose for man, you go to the beginning. Adam and Eve were created for a master. And it's very interesting because their purpose on earth was to essentially master the creation. He said, subdue the world, have authority over everything I've created. And at the, even, that, even back then they were introducing the theme of the best leadership, the best leaders are under leadership. So mankind was called to be a leader but yet they had leadership from the very beginning. And the proof is, is that they had commands from the very beginning. They had commands of what to do. They had commands of what not to do. Again, this is not a result of sin. This is the way, before sin ever entered the picture, we were called to obey God. We were called to submit and be subjected underneath our master, the creator. Sin didn't put mankind under a master. It rather put us under a new master. I want to read a passage that shows a transaction that happened, or a transition, I should say, that happened. In Genesis chapter 3, we've read this a lot, but again, I want to reveal something that maybe we haven't really extracted from this passage. Genesis 3, chapter 1, verse 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her. And he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, 
And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. The scripture here is what I'll call classic Satan. Classic Satan. What Satan does is he offers us what he offered to Adam and Eve, and that is what I'm calling the illusion of freedom. The illusion of freedom. He presents rebellion from God as if it's liberation from authority, like it's independence, like you are breaking free from having a master. And the reason why I call illusion is because what the people who are deceived, in this case Adam and Eve, in our case us at times, is we fall for it and we think that by disobeying God that we are becoming our own boss. We are finally being broken free from someone telling us what to do and how to do it and when to do it, and oh, yes, I would love to have a break from that. But we don't realize is that by being liberated from God the master, we are only binding ourselves to the master of the enemy. Simultaneously, the same time that you are being liberated from the expectations and the commands and the, and the standards of God, all you're doing is submitting yourself to the expectations, to the demands of Satan. Which is why I call this the illusion of freedom. Because that's how he presents it. You don't need anybody telling you what to do. You're a grown man. You're a grown woman. You're educated. Who is that person? That's, who is God to tell you what to do? Do something. You don't have to listen to him. And what Adam and Eve didn't realize is when they were disobeying God, they were obeying the adversary. The fine print of freedom is that there's always a master. Human beings, fellow earthlings, hear me when I say that not having a master is not an option. There is no possible option. You might as well just face this now. Swallow this pill now. There is no option for not belonging to a master. There's no option. It's not a matter of if you have a master, it's who your master is. You do not have a choice not to have a master. The only choice you have is who your master is. You do, I'm telling you guys, swallow this now. Swallow it now. Just, just take, take, take the hit. We do not have a choice to not have a master. The only choice that we are given as human beings is who our master is. The fine print of freedom is there's always a master. So Adam and Eve, they finally were liberated from God's commands and boom, immediately in chains to another master, one who's a lot more mean, 
one who's a lot more demanding, believe it or not, the one who's a lot more oppressive, and they felt it immediately. Immediately they felt, they, they felt the switch. Immediately. And all of a sudden the, the grass, the greener grass that the serpent presented to them, they realized they had been duped. And this is what happened. Paul describes it very well in Romans chapter 5, verse 12 through 14. He explains this, this transition that happened. Verse 12, therefore, just as through one man, he's talking about Adam, sin entered the world and death through sin. So when Adam sinned, when Adam opened the door to sin, he opened the door to death for the whole world. So thanks a lot, Adam. Thank you, Adam. No, so death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, us, because all sinned. Verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world. So yeah, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, this is the part I want to show. Nevertheless, death reigned. Reign means in charge. Reign means the boss. Reign means king. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgressions of Adam. So even if you didn't even do anything, <laughs> we are still reaping from death reigning over Adam, uh, through Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. So Scripture says, from Adam to Moses, death was the new master. And then when Moses came, the law came, and the law was a new master. But the thing about the law is the law was impossible. The demands were beyond what any human being, no matter how much you love God, could, could fall under. Like no one could align themselves. No one could, could complete and fulfill the law. It was, it was intentionally built in a way where it was impossible for a human being to, to obey the law totally. And that was the condition of man we were under a new master that inflicted death and corruption and stress and anxiety and fear and sickness, disease. We see the effects of it. That's what we're experiencing here today. But there was a man who came to earth. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus brought liberty, right? You sure? Oh, let's let's let let's read let's read about this. Luke 4, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Hallelujah, right? He has sent me to proclaim liberty. Liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and set and then the word again at liberty those who were oppressed. He said liberty twice. Matthew 11, 28, verse 30. Jesus, he says this again. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Everyone say rest. That sounds so good, right? Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Easy and light sound great, right? Hallelujah. And I mean, I mean that. But the topic of my message is the fine print of freedom. 
Even in that passage, there's a fine print that most of y'all don't even realize when y'all read that. The fine print of freedom is that there is always a master. So here we are, burdened by sin. Our master is the worst, the devil. He's just putting plagues upon plagues and burdens and condemnation, and he's killing us left and right, causing us to do things we don't want to do to ourselves, to each other. Man, and then Jesus comes and says, I want to bring you liberty. But the fine print is verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Yoke is a weight that goes around your neck to carry a load behind you. Notice, liberation did not mean that there would be no yoke around our neck. It just meant that this yoke would be gentle and light, but it's still a yoke. And then he says, learn from me, follow me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So though I am bringing liberty, I am not freeing you from a yoke. I'm not freeing you from a burden. Now, my yoke is different than the yoke that's around your neck right now. It's more gentle and it's lighter. It's easier. My burden is light, but it's still a burden. This is light, but it still weighs something. It might weigh less than this monitor, but it still weighs something. When Jesus liberates us, he liberates us from our former master. But he doesn't liberate us from having a master. The fine print of freedom is that there is always a master. The yoke is easy, and the burden is light, but it's still a yoke, and it's still a burden. So I'm telling you this because just like those who were under God were deceived into going, yes, the serpent is offering liberation from this master who's telling us what to do and what not to do and telling us to not eat stuff that looks perfectly fine, it looks so delicious, man, maybe God really, man, I want to be liberated from this master, and we get deceived and we go into sin and go, oh my God, I'm under another master. No one told me. Just like righteous people and people who are under God do this, sinners go, Jesus is going to liberate me. He's going to free me from all of my burdens. He's going to finally take off all of these yokes. And they cross over and go, oh, wait, I'm still under a master? I thought I was being liberated. No one told me that I was being liberated under, into another master. Now, this master is better. This master is just. This master is kind. This master is loving. But he is master. The fine print to freedom is that there's always a master. Not having a master is not an option for us. So what choice do we have? Who the master is. Now, 
You have a choice to make. Every single person here has a choice to make. Who is my master going to be? If this is what's, if what he's saying is true, and I've got to have a master, who's it going to be? And like all decisions, we base it off of criteria. We have to weigh the options. We have to say, okay, well, over here, I can do this. I can do this. Over here, I can do this. The Bible says consider it. You've got to consider it. You've got to think. He says count the cost. You have to sort through this stuff. No one is asking you guys to not think. Like, I want you guys to think. You guys have a decision to make. You have a choice. Again, you don't have a choice if you have a master or not, but you do have a choice of who your master is. I can give you guys my advice on how to weigh who your master is. And my advice is that you consider the fruit of what comes with being under one master versus what comes with being under another. And for those of you who aren't familiar, the fruit is basically just like a scriptural word to talk to say results or outcome. Results from your life, outcome from your life, fruit from your life. What is produced from your life? If you want joy, peace, patience, there's a master who can produce that in your life. If you want confusion and corruption and ruin, then there's a master that can produce that in your life. And guys, let's be honest, if the choice was that obvious, everybody would be following Jesus. So let's not act like it's just, duh, of course. In fact, less people choose the master that produces joy and peace and freedom, guys. That illusion of freedom is effective. The serpent presents that thing like you are really about to step free into wide open spaces. No one telling me what to do. No one telling me who to be. That's right. And just, we're all just, we've just been suckers. We get in there and there's someone telling us who to be. Someone's telling us what to do. Someone's telling us where to be, when to be there, when to get out of bed, when not to get out of bed. I'm telling you. It's all an illusion, but it worked for Adam and Eve, and it's been working for human beings. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be real with you guys here. You have to truly ask yourself and consider this. What fruit do I want in my life? Because if you want love, joy, and peace, there is a master, and his name is Jesus. If you don't, then there's a master, and his name is Satan. Both want you. Both are making their appeals. The choice is us. The choice is ours. Again, we do not have a choice if we have a master. The only choice we're given as human beings is which master we pick. Now, for those of you who are getting a little thrown off because Jesus like, Jesus is not my master. He's my friend. You know, like, I get it because that's very, uh, it's true. He, he is your friend. But I want to I wanna clear up a scripture for when you guys uh, are reading this. You're like, but this is different than what Pastor Allen said. Um, John 15, 5. No longer, Jesus says to his disciples, no longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. All. Oh. Just warms my heart every time I read it. Man, Jesus calls me friend. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. 
It's amazing. But just because Jesus doesn't call you servant doesn't mean that he's not still your master. Just because Jesus says, I'm not going to call you servant anymore, I'm going to call you friend, doesn't mean he's not your master. Have you ever uh, been at a job or known of a company that has that boss that's just like, I just want to be friends. I want to be personable. You can come to my office whenever you want. Don't you have to knock. You can t- we can text jokes with each other. We can get lunch. Your kids can have, have play dates with my kids. Like, we're friends. This is a family, and we are tight. And this, even though this is a company, the way I want to run this is we are, we're pals. You can call me. Don't call me Mr. Love. Call me Alvin. We know those bosses. And it's true. But there always seems to be those pockets of time throughout the year where you're reminded very sharply that he's still your boss. Because as friendly as the boss is, as personable as he is, as transparent as he is, he can still fire you. He can still tell you what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. Guys, no matter how personable and friendly and transparent Jesus is, no matter how much, no matter how chummy you are with him, he is still master. And proof is two verses after he says, we're just buddies, we are friends, he says in verse 17, these things I command you that you love one another. So last time I checked, buddies don't give commandments. We're friends But this is my commandment. No matter how friendly that boss is, no matter how funny he is, at the end of the day, you work for that boss. There's an authority that he has. And don't don't mistake the, the, uh, the familiarity with lack of authority because you, you always get those rude awakenings. You show up late and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. Even though, he, even though he's friendly, he's still my boss. Jesus goes, I call you guys friends because I want to be, tra- he meant, I want to be transparent with you. I want to let you guys know what the Father's doing. I want to share everything with you. I don't want to hold anything back from you. That's what he meant. He didn't mean, we're no, there's no authority anymore, guys. I'm doing away with all that. He goes, no, that just means I, I love y'all. Y'all are friends. I want y'all at my table. I want y'all eating with me. I want you guys with me. I want to be close. I want to be intimate. I want to be tight. With that said, this is my command. <laughs> the fine print of freedom is there's always a master. If Jesus being your master or God telling you what to do with your life makes you uncomfortable, I do understand. I don't think there's any of us that don't like the idea, or at least at one point, like the idea of being our own boss. Deciding what we do, at what pace we do it. I mean, I don't think any of us if we're honest with ourselves, don't like the, the fantasy of just kind of running our own show. So I understand if that makes you uncomfortable. 
If obedience, if that word makes you tense up, I understand. But the alternative will also have a master. That's all I'm letting you know. That's all I'm letting you know is that if, if you are uncomfortable with the idea of surrendering your life and letting somebody else tell you what to do and who to be, I do understand. But my word today is that the alternative will be the same thing. That's all. I, I know that's not the most uh, consoling truth, but the truth sets us free. And as long as we believe that there is an alternative to someone telling us what to do and who to be, we will be just like Adam and Eve and fall for the illusion of freedom and separate from God only for the devil to tell us what to do, where to be, and who to be. And the fruit of his commands produce corruption, death, confusion, despair, and ultimately hell, let's be honest. I'm not saying you're going to enjoy being told what to do all the time by God. I'm not telling you that you're going to just be so excited for him telling you who you are even though you believe you're somebody else. I'm not telling you that you're going to just thrive and just, just burst at the seams every time God tells you to forgive someone that you don't want to forgive. But what I can tell you is that the fruit of his commands will produce eternal life. It will produce joy, unspeakable. It'll produce love, overflowing. It'll produce the image of Christ. So I can't promise you that you're going to love every second of belonging to the master that we call Jesus. But I can promise you that it will produce righteousness and peace and heaven, I mean, for what that counts. I don't know how much that counts anymore today, but it, it, it produces heaven. So as we explore this word freedom, I just want us to know that the fine print, what's often overlooked on both sides when people who are with God rebel and when people who are with the devil turn to Jesus, both can overlook the fine print is that even though you're crossing over and being liberated, you are being welcomed by another master. Uh, Paul, again, I'm going to end with this passage. Are we okay? Are we okay at home? Okay, cool. Uh, Romans 7, 4 through 7, great passage. Uh, it kind of sums everything up. I could have just read this. It says, likewise, likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law, which was the master at that time. It was a very demanding, overbearing master. And you have died to the law. You've been broken free from it through the body of Christ. Just so that you may belong to another. Yes, you have broken free from the law, but Paul says you broke free from it just so you can belong to another, to him. Now he's describing who you belong to now. To him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. 
So you leave bearing fruit for Satan not to have a break from bearing fruit. Finally, I get a break from all that fruit bearing. No. You break free from bearing fruit of sin just so that you can start bearing fruit for God. So just like I can say there's no option to not have a master, there's no option to not bear fruit. There is zero option for human beings not to bear fruit. You don't have a say-so in it. You can say no all day long. Those are the ones who bear the most. You can say, all, you can say no all day long, and you can't help it. We are soil. Our heart is soil. It, can, it can't not be soil. We cannot produce. The option is, what will we produce? So that we can bear fruit for God. Verse 5, for while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. Fruit bearing is uh, unavoidable. But now we are released from the law. That's that liberation you feel. That's that good feeling you feel when you go to the altar. Oh, my God, I'm free. Oh, because, because the weight of sin is finally being lifted off of you. And it feels incredible. It's like, oh, my God, I feel free. And we, and we get addicted to that feeling. And yes, you have been free from the burdens of sin. But most of us, if not all of us, get a rude awakening when we realize that we've just been welcomed by the burden of righteousness. And it's like, I thought I was breaking free from burdens. Jesus goes, no, you were breaking free from the burdens of sin. Now, this burden is lighter, but it's still a burden. And it's a burden that will produce righteousness in your life. And when I say there is no, there's not even a split second gap of neutral. Like there's never a gap. Not even the slightest second. We are one side or the other at all times. We are producing one of the fruit at all times. There is never a neutral point, and that's one of the deceptions of illusion, is that there's a neutral point. There's a space where you don't have to answer to anybody. Have to answer anybody. Oh, yes, that's that is fake. That is fake. You are answering to someone even if you don't know it. Actually, Satan prefers for you not to know it, which is why it works so well. There's people out there today thinking that they are free. I am free, I'm liberated, no one's telling me what to do, and Satan's going, <laughs> I don't know where I got that laugh from. <laughs> um I'll keep going. Uh, we're not even done with the passage. Man, this is such a rich uh, passage. But now we were released from the law, having died to that which held us captive. Right? Hallelujah. So that we serve in the new way of the Spirit. Okay? I'll say this. Just like having not a master is not an option. Not bearing fruit is not an option. Not serving is not an option. Everybody here is serving. You might have thought that you could just say, the Lord's not calling me to serve yet. 
That's an illusion. That's an illusion. Some of y'all truly think that y'all are determining if you serve or not. It's hilarious. You truly think that you are the boss of when you serve. You're serving right now. It's just a matter of who. I'm telling you, it's an illusion. I call it the illusion for freedom for a reason. It's an illusion. Satan has presented human beings this illusion of not belonging to anybody. And we're just undecided. There is no such thing. We are belonging to somebody. And if you don't know, now you know. Because the, Satan's job is, Satan would rather you not know. So for all of you guys who don't know where you serve, I'm, I'm telling you who you're probably serving. Because those who know they're serving God know it. <laughs> you know it. God lives in the light. He tells you, this is what it is. This is what's going to be. People are going to persecute you. You're going to cry. He tells you. He lays it all on the table. It's Satan that's hiding stuff behind his back. It's Satan that doesn't want you to know what's going on. So if you're serving God, you know it. Because God is a transparent God, and he tells you what is going on. Satan is the one that wants you thinking that you are in control. If you feel that you are the boss, you might be serving Satan. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, there's no other way for me to say it. Only because when I'm serving God, I know I'm not the boss. It's super clear that I am yielded to somebody else. It's a time where I feel like I'm kind of doing my own thing. And the next thing you know, whoa, how did I end up in this? How did I end up feeling like this? How did I end up saying stuff like this? How did I end up thinking stuff like this? Wait, I thought I was doing my own thing. What? I didn't sign up for How have I become this? Happens all the time. So that we serve in the, in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So, like I said, guys, we have a choice. We have a choice to make. There's certain things, just like life, guys, there's certain things we don't have control over and there's certain things that we do, right? I don't have control over my height. But I do have control over what I eat for lunch today. So, like, we have things. That's just life, guys. This is not new. We have things that we have control over, and we th have things that we don't. So, in, in essence, in, in the true, true, uh, I guess, according to the way life really is, always is, in true fashion, I should say, in the true fashion of life, we do not have a control, control over that we are subjected to a master. We do not have control over the fact that there's a master that is over our life. We all have to have a master. That is not up for options. It's not up for discussion. We can kick the goads all we want, and it's still gonna, it, all it's going to do is bruise our knees. What we do have a choice in is who our master is. So the choice I have for you today, the, the choice I'm offering is who's, who's, who's your master? Who are you going to serve? Deuteronomy, choose this day. Who are you going to serve? 
It's in Deuteronomy 30. He goes, you're going to serve somebody, but choose which one, life or death, blessings or curses. So today I'm offering you guys, if you want to be free, who do you want to be free from? If you want to be free from sin, if you want to be free from death, from condemnation, from curses, then there's a master for you, and his name is Jesus. And he's the best one. He's so friendly to where sometimes you forget that he's your master because he's so friendly. He's so friendly. He's so patient. He's so kind. It's almost foreign because we just, it's like, how can a king want to have lunch with me and, and talk with me? Like, he's so personable, even though he's so majestic. And aside from his personality, which is great, the best, best personality, the stuff he produces in your life, the fruit, the fruit. What's so funny is submitting to God ironically produces authority in your life. So for those of you who are just so hungry for authority and you want to be, you know, in charge, you want to lead, the funny thing about it is that's not even a deal breaker. Jesus goes, I want you to lead too. I want you to be in charge too. I want to give you nations. I want to give you disciples. I want to give you influence. You're the seed of Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of nations. Every nation of the world is going to be blessed through you. So what's so funny, what's so funny, guys, is that Satan convinces us in efforts, in efforts for us to have authority, he, he, uh, he tempts us with this uh, counterfeit authority when actually you get authority by submitting to the master of Jesus. Like you actually do, he says, I'll give you the authority to trample on scorpions and you'll be able to lay hands on the sick. He'll give you authority over sickness. He'll give you authority over death. He'll give you authority over, over, your, over sin. So my point is, the fruit that comes from your life under the master of Jesus is, to me, just way better. I mean, surely y'all agree that the fruit of belonging to the master, I mean, it's just, it's incomparable. It's incomparable. So I want to ask us to stand as we close out because you have a decision to make. I feel like a lot of you um, might have resonated with the illusion of freedom. Some of you guys might have thought that you had a little time to kind of decide which side you're going to go in life and the enemy and whatever has convinced you that there was like a neutral point to where you kind of got to, uh, uh. The truth of the matter is you're under somebody right now. You're under a master right now. And if you're not sure what master you're under, just look at the fruit of your life. If there's anything less than the fruit of the Spirit in your life,
there might be another master involved. And I know that's radical, but the scripture says whoever practices sin is a slave to sin. They use the word slave. So if, if, if the fruit of the, if the results of the outcome of your life and of your mindset and of the way you, you talk and the way you live isn't reflecting the fruit that comes by being under the master of Jesus, then I'm going to ask you all to switch masters. I'm going to invite you to switch masters. Be liberated, which after this message we know now means to be liberated from the weight of sin and now under the weight of righteousness. It is a weight. I'd be lying if I told you that it wasn't a weight. I can promise you, though, that it's lighter and it blesses you and it, produ- it makes you better. It, gives, it conditions you. It gives you formation. It, it makes you strong. So you will feel the, 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 the liberation, the relief that comes with sin being washed away from your life. You will feel that. And I love that. I'm not trying to diminish that, that the liberation that comes, you know, that, that the woman caught in adultery had when he said, I don't condemn you, go and sin no more. That's a great feeling. But with that feeling came the, the command to not sin anymore. So she still wasn't free from an expectation. She got freed from one expectation of being an adulterer, a condemned, you know, woman, to now someone who was righteous, who had an expectation in her life to not sin anymore. So be liberated, but, but know that you are also being um, connected now to a new master, a new authority. So if you would like... If you would like to know Jesus as master, as king, as leader, as Lord of your life. You guys know that's what Lord means, right? I know we don't use the word master a lot, but guys, that's what Lord means. Every time you say Jesus is my Lord, you're saying he's my boss. You're saying he's my master. You're saying he tells me what to do. (laughs) Every time you say Lord, that's what you're saying. So if you want to receive Jesus as Lord, he's the best Lord there is. And he will produce fruit and results in your life that you never thought could be possible, says the man who is preaching and is pastor of a church. Never would have thought this was possible. Knowing my life, knowing my sin, never would have thought this was possible. God will blow you away. And he wants to, but he's got to be king. So if you're ready to choose him as your master, choose him as your Lord, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and that he was raised from the dead on the third day. I choose you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit 
so I can live for you every day. Forgive me of my sins. I submit to you as Lord, as King, as Master over my life. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for receiving me. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's celebrate. Liberation from the old master. Reconciliation with the new master. Liberation from sin. Submission to God. Liberation from the burdens of death. Receiving the burden of righteousness. Of truth. Of liberty. Father, we thank you. We thank you for reminding us or revealing to us the fine print of freedom. God, I pray, Lord, that we would see our salvation according to your word. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would see our salvation as, yes, freedom from death and sin, but also submission to you. God, I thank you for the change that's going to come in people's lives, the fruit that's going to come, the results, the outcome. In Jesus' name. If you said yes to Jesus, I'm going to invite you to let us know. Say, uh, get your phone out, please, and text yes to Jesus to 77411. If you said yes to Jesus for the first time, or maybe you said it and you really meant it this time, just let us know. That's going to be our way of keeping track with who all said yes to Jesus so we can continue to celebrate the growing number of people who are coming to the Lord. You at home, you can text that number too. And anyone who texts that number, we're going to send you some content that's going to just be helpful. It's like a one-pager one that gives you a good, uh, good, strong start on what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to have him as Lord. So I would love for you to do that. If you would like to get connected to the church, uh, text BELONG to the same number, uh, 77411. We'll get, connect, we'll get you connected, share you more about our church. Um, if you would like prayer, uh, we would love to pray for you. We, we love to pray. And uh, we have a couple ways you can do it. We've got leaders that are going to be down the front. They can get in position now. Please come down and receive prayer. Or you can let us know online. And we have a whole team that prays for all the requests that come in. So just type in your request regardless of what it is. Or come to these awesome leaders here today. And uh, lastly, if you want to give, um, you can give online. Or you can... Uh, give a uh, cash or check to the finance team that's in the middle here the aisle they'll serve you here on your way out um, but besides that i'm so happy you guys spent your time with us i'm so happy you watched at home and uh, let's pray and dismiss father thank you again for today thank you for your spirit thank you for truth lord thank you for being such a good shepherd such a good master such a good lord Lord, and we just freely offer ourselves to you, God. Uh, speak to us, Lord, because we're going to listen. And Lord, after we listen, we're going to obey. Lord, because we belong to you, God. We are your faithful people, and we can't wait to see uh, what you produce through this, this ministry and through the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great rest of the day, y'all. See you.